0: Good morning. Great to see you. Thanks for being here. Good to see uh, everybody. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Glad you made it safe. As we uh, continue our series called Netflixmas, and this is a fun series. What we're doing is we're taking some famous Christmas movies that point to biblical truths that have a lot to do with our lives uh, today. Well, I had a good week. Did you have a good week? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, good. I had a great week. I'll tell you why. Because I got to study the Bible and I got to watch one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies called Elf. Yeah, I watched Elf four times. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But uh, it's a fun movie. How many of you have seen Elf uh, before? Oh, yeah, it's a popular uh, movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, you might check it out. I I think it's an enjoyable enjoyable, uh, movie. If you're familiar with the movie, it came out in 2003, uh, believe it or not, and it instantly just became a Christmas classic. If you're not familiar with the movie, let me just take a moment and try to bring you up to speed a little bit. The movie's about this character by the name of Buddy the Elf. As a, as a baby, he lived in this uh, orphanage until one day he crawls into Santa's toy bag and he gets transported to the North Pole, where he's raised by this guy named Papa Elf. And then as Elf grew older, it became obvious, you know, he's not an elf, he's a really big human being, and his father, who he doesn't know, lives in New York City. And so one day, Elf, played by Will Ferrell, decides to go to New York to find his father and ultimately to save Christmas by convincing people that Santa is real. Now, to buddy the Elf, here's what it's all about. Here's what Christmas is all about, spreading Christmas cheer by singing loudly for all to hear That's like his mission, that's like, uh, you know, his, his goal. So uh, would you join me, let's say this out loud together, ready? Spreading Christmas cheer by singing loudly for all to uh, hear. It's a pretty cool idea, but here's the problem uh, with that. For people in the movie and for those of us here in the uh, auditorium, we don't always experience joy and cheer this time of year. And it could be for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's strained relationships. Maybe it's credit card statements. Maybe it's just a busy, busy calendar. Listen to what David Crabtree wrote about the season of the year. He says, Christmas Eve will find us lifting up our weary voices to sing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Then we rush from the service to get one last gift or visit one last party. So soon it is over. We save the bows, burn the wrapping, strip the tree, and labor over our New Year's resolutions. But too often we have missed the point. We're like the man who goes to the coast but never sees the ocean. The threat of a holiday hijacking is all too real. Unless we engage our hearts in a true celebration of Christmas joy, we are easily caught up in a pointless and mindless holiday. Here's the truth, River Glen. Christmas can be more stressful than joyful if we're not careful this time of the year. Now, I'm not sure, you know, what kind of stress is come at you in this season. Maybe your stresses are physical, they're related to your physical life. You know the story, you know, first you go to, you know, his parents' house, then you go to her parents' house, and you go to the step-parents' house, and then there's a party at work, there's a party at school that you go to, a party at church, and it can be exhausting. You add to that some some long shopping trips and some late 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 night toy assembly, and it can be really tiring. Or maybe you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, Ben, I wish that my physical stress was related to the busyness in my schedule. Because for you, maybe the cause of your stress is that your body is physically sick. You're facing some health problems. Maybe for the first time this Christmas and you feel a little nervous and your body aches a little bit. You know, maybe you had some tests and you're waiting for the results. And it's just hard to be full of joy when your body doesn't feel good the way that you think that it should. Or maybe your stressful circumstances are relationships. You know, maybe you lost a, a, a friendship in your life and it hurts. It's painful because you spent a lot of time, you know, with that particular individual. And you know this Christmas, there's not going to be a Christmas card or an email or text message. If you're a student, there's not going to be a Snapchat. It's It's painful. It hurts. Or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage has started to crumble and break down this year. And it's all you think about. I mean, when you go to work, when you eat, when you drive in your car, you you think about your marriage. And especially this time of year, it's just so hard to feel torn apart, relationally speaking. Or maybe you've got a brother or sister or family member who just seems lost and running from God. And basically everybody else in your family has just kind of written them off. But you haven't. You keep reaching out to them. You keep praying for them, but they don't respond back to you. And it's hard, relationally speaking. Or maybe over the course of the last 12 months, since last Christmas, maybe you've lost a a loved one. And this is the first Christmas without them. There's going to be an empty chair around the Christmas dinner uh, table. There's going to be a void when you pass out the Christmas gifts, and you know what? It's hard sometimes to be full of joy when your relational life isn't where it should be, or where it's always been, or maybe finally your stress is from a financial situation in your life. Maybe it's a house that you're trying to sell, or maybe you're trying to find the right house. Maybe it's a job that you're trying to get. Maybe it's a bank account that's empty, or maybe you've maxed out your credit cards and you're feeling financial pressure this Christmas that's more than usual. I'm not sure what it is today, but you can have a Christmas that is void of joy for any number of reasons. But that's why I'm glad that we've gathered up today and and, uh, come together a couple weeks before Christmas because here's what I wanna do. I wanna share with you two truths from the Bible illustrated in the movie Elf about how to recapture joy and recalibrate our lives toward joy. During these, next few, during these next few weeks of our lives. And so if you're taking some notes, here's the first principle that I want us to learn today. Here it is, life doesn't have to be perfect to be joyful. Life doesn't have to be perfect to be joyful. Let's take a moment and look at a clip from the movie Elf. Take a look. I hate to do this to you, but
1: you think you can help me pick up the slack on those etch sketches? No problem. I appreciate it. is killing me.
0: I only got Lum Lum and Choo Choo pulling doubles.
1: Quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy.
0: I just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't
1: figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. If he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will.
0: I think they're too small. You just special. Good buddy, are you okay? I'll be okay. I just need a glass of water. Yeah, buddy the, buddy the Elf, his life is far from perfect, isn't it? I mean, he literally doesn't fit in where he lives. He doesn't fit in his home. He's lonely. He's made fun of. He's misunderstood in his life. And maybe for some of you right now, you're thinking, yeah, I've been there. Or maybe not, I've been there. I am there. Maybe some of us, if we're honest, we would say, I just don't feel like I fit in right now in my home, in my work, um, in in my family, in my high school, in the college where I attend. I don't fit. You feel lonely or misunderstood or made fun of. And you just don't feel happy this time of the year. And if you have any sense of that in your life, I want to say to you, even if you don't feel happy, you can experience joy. Because joy and happiness are two very different things. Let's unpack this a little bit. One difference is that happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness hinges on what happens to us. Happiness would be the equivalent of happenstance. It's what happens to us. I'm I'm, I'm happy uh, because somebody gave this to me. I'm, I'm happy because I was able to buy that. I'm happy because he called me. I'm happy because she called me. I'm happy because all these things seem to be coming together and working out in my life. And so happiness is is very volatile. And the reason it's volatile is because it's temporary and it depends almost entirely on on what happens in our lives. Now, understand, I'm not saying that happiness is bad and that, you know, pursuing happiness is, is wrong. But unfortunately, here's what happens. Sometimes Christians have this idea That God doesn't even want us to pursue happiness. Sometimes people who follow Jesus, maybe they were brought up in a family or in a church. And the message that we heard is that God wants us to be holy, but not necessarily happy. God wants us to be holy, and holiness and happiness are not compatible. And so if you're going to be holy, you're not going to be happy. And that's the message that some Christians heard growing up, but I think that's far from the truth. I want you to see what Randy Alcorn has to say about this. Many Christians today are laboring under the false notion that God himself is not happy. And I think that is just far from the truth because there's all kinds of verses in the Bible that talk about God not only being happy and glad, but also joyful. And God wants us, his kids, his his, uh, children, no doubt about it to experience happiness. And so as we unpack this a little bit today, I want you to understand, seeking happiness is not bad. God is not against you feeling happy in your life. However, you have to understand that the nature of happiness is that it's temporary because it depends almost entirely on what happens to us. And I think that's why God created us with the ability To experience joy. Because if happiness is something that's external, joy is something that is internal. And here's why this is so important, because joy transcends the external circumstances in our lives. Joy is so powerful, it transcends the external circumstances in in our lives. Even when things are going on around us, even when things on the outside are not good, and not the way that we plan them, you can still experience joy on the inside of your life because joy transcends the external circumstances of our lives. I've seen this happen so many times throughout my life. I, I can think of several examples. I think about a friend of mine by the name of Terry Adams. Terry and his wife, Grace, attended River Glen for several years until they moved away to Arizona. About a year ago, I got a phone call saying that uh, Terry was diagnosed with aggressive terminal cancer, and they moved him back to Wisconsin and uh, admitted him into a hospice so that he could be near his children. And so I went to visit Terry, and I will never forget how Terry and his family responded to those devastating circumstances. There were, there were a lot of tears. They were sad. I mean, they were, they were a very close family. It was very difficult. But it was like Terry had tears in his eyes and a smile on his face. At the, fa- at the funeral, his family, tears in their eyes, smiles on their faces. And I'm thinking to myself, how does that happen? Because Terry isn't happy, nor is anybody else in his family. They weren't happy on the outside, but see, they were filled with joy on the inside. You ever witnessed that or experienced that? It was interesting for me to watch how things can go... Things can go bad on the outside, but they were filled with joy on the inside. And I began to think, how does that happen? How do we live that out? How do we see that? How do we grab that for our own lives, especially in the midst of the chaos that can happen around the Christmas season? So let's dive a little bit deeper into happiness and joy. And I think we'll see how to experience this. Take a look at this. Happiness is dependent on the flesh. Joy is dependent on the spirit. Happiness is going to be dependent on the flesh Joy is gonna be dependent on the Spirit. Now, when it says Spirit there, I wonder, do you know that in the Bible it teaches that joy is actually a gift that God gives us through his spirit? Joy is actually a gift from the Holy Spirit of of God. Take a look at the scripture here from Galatians chapter 5. Some of you that have been around church for a while may be familiar with this scripture. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, everybody say joy. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things listed here are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now let me say something about this scripture, about this passage, especially for those of us that are Christians, especially for those of us who maybe grew up attending church. A lot of times we look at this passage here as as something that we compare ourselves against. We look at it and we see just how poorly we're, we're doing living the Christian life. For example, we look at this and we see I, I see gentleness over here, and I think ah, I'm not really that gentle. And you know, over here we got patience, and oh, I need more patience. And Ben, if you would hurry up, that would really be great. And self-control—I don't really have very much of that. I'm, not, I'm just not doing very good in my life. And here's what happens: we see this as a to-do list, but this scripture here. This is not a to-do list. This is a result list. This passage here in Galatians chapter 5 is not a to-do list, it's a result list. This is what it can look like. This is a picture of what it can look like for us to follow God's spirit in our lives. I mean, this isn't the fruit of the person raised in a Christian home. Growing up in a Christian home, that's great, that's fantastic. Uh, Praise God, but this isn't the fruit of the person who grew up in the the Christian home. It's not the fruit of a person who comes to church every week and never, ever misses a week. And it's not the fruit of the person who never cusses, never drinks, never loses their, their temper. No, this is the fruit of what? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. And so we don't produce this. We don't earn this. We don't conjure this up. This is something that God through his spirit deposits into your life. And so I just want to make sure that we understand that if you want to experience joy in the midst of difficult circumstances, you must allow the Holy Spirit to have control of your life. If you want to move from happiness, which is more external, to joy that is more internal, here's what must happen. You begin moving from being controlled by the flesh and desires And happiness to being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to say that as clearly as I can because I I know that many of us have this tendency that when we, you know, get out of this room, when we leave the room today, we're going to step right into some difficult circumstances in in our homes, with our families, with our work, maybe in our neighborhood. And you're going to walk out of here fired up because of the scriptures and because of the music, and you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be more joyful. I am going to be so joyful. I'm going to be joyful if it kills me. (laughs) And some of us, it may come close. Or maybe you make everybody around you miserable because you're trying so hard to be joyful. Here's what I want to make sure that you understand. You cannot do joy on your own. You just can't. Maybe you've been trying and you're frustrated by it and that's why. Because you can't do it on your own. But the good news is God can do it in you. The joy of God can transcend your crummy circumstances in life, even really crummy circumstances. Take a look, for example, at the very first Christmas. Many of you know the story, the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's probably lonely. She's misunderstood. She's made fun of. She doesn't fit in. I mean, the circumstances of Mary's life are far from perfect. She's just a teenager, maybe 12 or 13, maybe 14, 15 years old. She's a teenager and she's in love. She's engaged to be married to Joseph. And you know what happens. Before she gets married, she gets pregnant. And it's not Joe's baby. The scripture says it's God. It's the Holy Spirit that has her with child. And so this is a stressful situation. I mean, this is not what, you know, Mary had planned. This is not what she was dreaming of as a teenager, flipping through bridal magazines, planning her wedding. It's not the way she thought it would go. Mary's got some explaining to do to Joseph and to her parents and to other people. She's in the midst of a very difficult season of her life. But Mary is so in tune with God and his leading and his spirit that the Bible says she's actually able to rejoice. She's able to rediscover joy even during a very difficult time of her life. Take a look at the scripture here. This is from Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 46. It says, "My soul," Mary says this, "my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices." There it is. She's rejoicing even in the midst of some very difficult circumstances. She rejoices and God my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary is a great example of how life doesn't have to be perfect for us to be joyful. And maybe as you and I continue to walk closer and closer with God and his leading and his spirit in our lives, even when things go bad, In our lives, we'll be able to say, like Mary, you know what, even in the midst of all of this, holy is his name, holy is his name, even in the midst of these tough, strange circumstances. That's the first principle that I want us to learn about joy. Here's the second principle I want us to learn today that joy comes from knowing him. Joy comes from knowing him. Let's take a moment and watch another scene from the movie Elf. Take a look.
1: Wow. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that?
0: I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite.
1: Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Fine. It's time for an announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. you will be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me?
0: <gasps> oh, hi. Santa's coming. Yeah, in the movie, uh, everybody else at the Gimbals department store knows that when, you know, Santa comes, it's just another hired hand for the holidays. Just like every other department store in the city is going to have a similar Santa with a red hat and a white beard and, and all that stuff. However, when Buddy the Elf starts talking about Santa, he's not just talking about another Santa, okay. When he says, I know him, I know him. He's talking about the real Santa, okay? Not a fake Santa. If you've seen the movie, not the fake Santa that sits on the throne of lies and smells like beef and cheese. You know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Not the fake Santa, but the real Santa. He's talking about the real Santa who lives at the North Pole. The real Santa who's got a workshop where they make toys. The real Santa that helped him grow up. See, Buddy the Elf actually knows the real, authentic original Santa, and that brings us to this great truth. Do you know what will really bring joy to your Christmas season? Getting to know him, getting to know him, and when I say him, I'm not talking about Santa. I'm talking about Jesus. Getting to know Jesus will bring joy to your life. This Christmas season, no matter the circumstances in your life, no matter what you're going through with your family, with your workplace, with your health right now, getting close and getting to know Jesus will bring joy even in the midst of strange, difficult circumstances of our lives. And I don't know what your circumstances are. You know, maybe for some of you, it's your workplace. Maybe some of you are going to head out of here and tomorrow you're going to head into a, a, a workplace that is, let's just say, less than optimal. Maybe at work, everybody's down, they're kind of depressed, and it's easy for you to get that way at work, but because you know him, you can go into the workplace and not be down. You can be alive. You can be full of, of happiness to the point where people look at you and they say, maybe you've had this happen. They look at you and they say, why are you so up? Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? And you can say to them, it's because I know him. I know him. I know him that's why I can be this way or maybe you're stressful or tough circumstances that you need to know him in is this just that you're a parent right now and you've got you've got kids maybe you're a mom and you've got two or three real little kids and your kids they're awesome they're fantastic but here's what is happening they're making you crazy they just are they are just making you crazy and so here's what you can do this week is just gather up your kiddos okay And bring them around and say, listen, you know what? All of you guys are making mommy a little crazy. But mommy's not going to go crazy. Do you know why? Because mommy knows Jesus. And Jesus keeps mommy from going crazy. I know him. And uh, this week you can do that with your kids. You can make it even a little teaching time, teaching moment for your kids. Or it can be all kinds of other things in our lives. It can be things going on in our friendships. It can be your marriage. Maybe it's not what you want it to be. Maybe your marriage is crumbling. And it is just heartbreaking for you. And for some of you, if your marriage is struggling, the only thing that may get you through another lonely night is knowing him. I don't know why this has happened, why this is happening, but I know him and he knows me. And that changes everything. It can bring joy even in the most difficult circumstances. And here's what I want to make sure that you know. You can come to know him today. We don't have to wait until Christmas Day. Take a look here at this verse from Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want a question for you. This word everyone, who's included in that? Everyone is included in, in everyone I, I know that's, that's deep, isn't it? But it is. I mean, maybe you say, Ben, you don't know how I've lived this past year. You know, I've been, I've been full of lies. I've been full of deceit. I've told lies to cover up lies. Listen, that's okay because you're part of everyone. If you call on the name of Jesus, you can be saved no matter how you've been living this past year. Maybe this past year you've been struggling with some bad habits, some addictions, and, you know, maybe you haven't even been struggling or battling them. You've just surrendered to them this past year. But guess what? You're a part of everyone. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Everyone. Take a look at this next verse in Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Doesn't say you might be saved. You will be saved if you declare with your mouth and believe With your heart. You will be saved. You can come to know him today. And so here's our takeaway. Here's the takeaway for today. It's real simple. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Do you know about Jesus? Do you know him personally? The greatest thing by far any of us can take out of this room is knowing him. You can actually walk out of this room today saying, I know him. I know him. I know him. Here's what I want us uh, to do for the next uh, few moments. I want you to watch a video that I think is one of the greatest and clearest descriptions of Jesus that you and I will ever hear, and you can know him.
1: The Bible says, my king is a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I-, I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful, he's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He forgives sinners, he discharges debtors, he delivers the captives, he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he serves the unfortunate, he regards the age, he rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave
0: couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. That's my king.